Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hello, my name is Cherie Leiden. I'm the CEO of Gold Bull Resources, a Nevada-focused gold exploration and development company. Uh, we have a growth strategy that is aimed at growing our ounces via both exploration success and also additional acquisitions. Our team is all local. I live in Nevada and uh, we're here to create a developing company. Hello, Sherry. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? Fantastic, fantastic. Well, um, thanks for coming on the show. Um, you're part of the Inventor Capital guys. Uh, you know, we're really keen to sort of see what you what, what you are up to. Um, we've liked what we've seen so far. We've liked what we've seen so far indeed. Um, we haven't spoken before and we haven't heard the story before either. So we're going to just have a little romp through um, what you guys are doing there. Um, but first, we better get an introduction to you. So what's your background? I'm a geologist by background. I've got about 20 years experience. The first 10 years, very much boots on ground. And the second 10 years, I've gone more the corporate route. Right. But here you, you've been with some pretty big companies. You're with Rio Tinto, right? Yes, I was with Rio Tinto. That's how I met Craig Perry, our chairman. Uh, we, you know, we go back for 15 to 20 years. The numbers keep growing uh, and um, had, a, had a great training with Rio Tinto. Uh, Rio gave us that ESG um, spin that we've really adopted in all the companies that we formed um, subsequent to working for the major. Fantastic. Like I normally say to people who come from big companies, it's a very different place to operate than when you sort of step down into the junior space. There are problems. They're just different problems, right? Mm -hmm. So how have you found that transition? I, I think I was lucky because I started with a, a mid-tier lion ore um, prior to working for Rio Tinto, and that really gave me kind of like a well-rounding uh, outlook on the differences between working for a, a junior that became a mid-tier and, um, you know, was eventually bought out versus uh, a Rio Tinto and the difference focus, um, you know, the pros and the cons of both. And I've certainly tried to take the, um, the, the benefits of both and merge that into the junior sector uh, in the projects that I've been involved with. But it, it's, it's, it's quite a different space, though. It really, it, oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the, the focus um, is very different. And, you know, the, the additional bureaucracy and, you know, the, the paper pushing with the majors, um, you can't deny that. Uh, but you know, when you have a beast that big, there's also a reason uh, for why they do that. So we spoke to Craig um, Parry a couple of weeks ago. People will know him from NextGen and ISO Energy and Vizsla, uh, amongst others. Those those, those, those sort of the, the flagship um, projects for sure. He surrounded himself with a, with a team of people, obviously people he knows and trusts from, you know, I guess Rio Tinto and, and elsewhere. What has he brought you in to do? What's he tasked you with? So he's tasked me with a gold roll-up. Um, project generation is my expertise. And when I say my, I say my team, because um, I've been working with the same group of um, you know, geoscientists for quite a while now. And uh, he, we were doing project generation um, prior to gold, forming Goldball, and with a Nevada focus, um, you know, matchmaking assets, we'd appraised hundreds of projects. And uh, during a, a roundup conference, you know, February last year, Craig and I caught up and got talking about some of these projects that were becoming available that we really liked, you know, liked too much to find another home for them and you know, thought that we could do something in Nevada because there's a real uh, lack of mid-tier companies producing gold in this state. You've got the majors like the Newmonts and the Barracks and the Kinrosses producing hundreds of thousands of ounces, but there's very few producers, if any, producing between 100,000 to 200,000 ounces. 
And we see that as a niche market, you know, Canada or Australia, you have um, you know, numerous, like uh, too many to list uh, gold mines that are producing uh, circa 100,000 ounces, whereas here it's either you know, mum and dad's small operations or the majors. So we thought, well, we can um, roll up a few assets um, in this state. It's a mining-friendly place. Um, we're all locally based. Because of COVID, you know, we had our wings clipped. So it really forced us to look in our own backyard and um, found some amazing assets, purchased the first one from Newmont and um, decided to do get back in the public arena along with the inventor team, including Craig. So what's, what's the plan then? So you, obviously you talk about Sandman there, um, the project that you got from Newmont and I think in Marco Day, uh, it was in the Marco Day um, company at 1.2. It's... It's a good start because it's got some historic components to it there. And you talk about, I mean, I know you've been in Nevada for seven years. You told me just before we start, you've been living there seven years. So you are boots on the ground, literally. But um, you obviously know what's around, mm-hmm. right? But how do you, how do these building blocks, um, you know, um, get built? So you talk about prospect generation, for instance, but that's going to mean different things to different people. So you've got a cornerstone. How do you build on that? Sure. So we've, we've looked at hundreds of projects and out of those hundreds, we've got a, a short list of five, five assets that we want. Uh, and, um, you know, we've, we've got the same man already in the door and uh, the other ones we want for a number of reasons. And I can't say they're all like, they're not all one particular grade. There's, a, you know, a couple of high grade, a couple of very low grade, and um, they all work for various different reasons. But in that due diligence process, we look at anything from early stage projects, such as our big boards project. That's an early, as greenfields as it gets. You whack a few holes there and you've either got a mas- massive new discovery or you've blown a few hundred thousand dollars you're trying. And that's what we're interested in. We're looking for elephants in elephant country. Because we're all from the majors, you know, we, we realise it takes just as much time and energy to develop a 200,000 ounce project as it does a 10 million ounce project. So we're looking for big projects and we're going to keep rolling the dice until we get one. Right. And are you putting together a team of builders or are we just, I'm just trying to understand the model because again, different parts of Craig's business have different models. So what's yours? So right now we're building ounces. Um, So right now we're not focused on development. However, that will come. And whether I'm the CEO when that comes or not is a different story. But my task is to roll up the gold ounces to build this resource inventory um, to get us, to get our assets over a million ounces of the current assets if they're not going to get there it's probably not for gold ball and to acquire the next asset ideally with already million ounces uh, in the resource space and those assets um, do exist and a number of those are going under the radar um, you ha- you know, they haven't been doing their rounds for the last 30 years in most instances they've been sitting dormant since the early 1990s uh, when the gold price crashed and they don't work at a low gold price but at a gold price over fifteen hundred dollars uh, they look really good so how do, you, how do you go about vetting these things? Because, again, we, we see also retread stories out in the, in the marketplace and people like, you know, pumping those things hard. You, again, you know, just, just going back into conversations I've had with Craig, where, you know, he's saying we're, we've, we have a look at them and we cut them real quick if we don't think they've got the legs, mm-hmm. right? You look at a lot of stuff. But what, what, what's your vetting criteria? What makes Sandman, for instance, so good? So Sandman, we really like the undercover, like sand-covered uh, exploration potential there. We think the previous explorers did a fine job exploring the outcropping geology. However, they did a pretty poor job exploring anywhere where there was sand cover, which is 70% of the licence. And you could actually um, extend that statement to the entire state. Uh, I'm just blown away by the lack of exploration undercover in Nevada and coming from Western Australia, 
where we've got, you know, we deal with cover everywhere. Kalgoorlie's you know, full of cover. There's no deposit sticking out of the ground. Um, so it's for us, it's just, yeah, you've got 50 metres of cover, you deal with it. But here you've got 50 metres of cover, you don't drill it. That was the mindset and the mentality in general. Um, they've been blessed with a lot of outcropping gold dis- discoveries, obviously. So we've um, taken that approach to, well, at Sandman, there's half a million ounces um, sticking out of the ground. Um, basically, we have no downside with a market cap of $30 million and half a million ounces known. And we're basically valued as an explorer. So what we're going to do is explore between those resources where we've got the sand cover. In many instances, we've got two little resources and then sand cover and no drilling in between that sand cover. So that's where we're focused on drilling right now. And we're not drilling blind. We're relying heavily on geophysics. Our vice president of exploration is a geophysicist. And geophysics is something that's so underutilised in the USA. I don't know why, because it works, you know, a dream. You know, we've done orientation surveys and it's lighting up the gold mineralization where we know we have gold. And now we're extending that geophysics between the deposits uh, to to find drill targets. And we're also not adverse to drilling for the sake of geochemistry, another foreign concept over here. But again, coming from Australia, that's just how we explore. So I guess we're using an Australian exploration uh, model in Nevada uh, led by Aussies. Feisty talk. You're gonna to have to prove. You're gonna to have to now deliver on that. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> my vets and preachers and my American mates. Yeah. <laughs> hey. So, like, um, how much money did you raise um, for for all of this, and what are you applying it to? Sure. We raised around um, 13 million uh, in November last year. 13 million Canadian. The majority of the money went out the door on day one to purchase 100 percent of the salmon acquisition. We paid four mil US for that, and there's also a 1.5 mil bond associated with it because we're allowed to disturb 500 acres. We've been, another plus of the project is the, the permits that we inherited from Newmont as some top-class plan of operation. Um, so th- that's where the, um, the majority bulk of the funds went. And subsequent to that, they've gone in the ground um, where we've been drilling. We've completed 3,700 metres of RC drilling. Uh, we've completed a 3DIP survey um, over between North Hill and Silica Ridge resources. We've got more geophysics underway and we've just recommenced uh, a second phase drill program comprising of 5,000 metres of RC drilling. So we have pretty much hit the ground running and we've got results starting to like, trickle in from all that work. Yeah, look, I mean, you've put a few press releases out um, on that as well, but obviously, and you knew sort of roughly what you were walking into, but has it been delivering or as far as you're concerned, did you walk into what you expected? Uh, yes, yeah, so we... Um, with our proposed drill programs, 25% of our holes are going to be resource extension holes. It is in, in our half a million ounce resource, um, there's a number of open areas where we know we can add pretty easy ounces, um, you know, low risk, medium reward kind of holes. Uh, however, 75% of the holes are located where there's never been any drilling and they're the high risk high reward holes. They're, they're, that's what I'm most excited about because I think if there's another sleeper sitting there, it's likely to be where it has not been drilled. Right, okay. Right, so you're quite confident about the way you're going about doing this and what, what you're starting to see and what you're going to be able to come back to the market with, right? So, so here's, here's the big challenge, right? You are, let's say, $30 million company, as you say. Uh, there's lots of you in the US, mm-hmm. Nevada, Arizona, even down in California. It's all saying the same thing, right? I think the management teams have maybe don't have the quality that you've got, but they're all saying the same thing. So how are you guys going to stand out? Because you're going to have to get noticed and then kind of shoot past where everyone else is. So until you're 100 million, Mm -hmm. no one's really paying too much attention. So what's the plan? 
yeah, it, it's a tough competition there. There are a lot of, you know, similar on paper companies. So I'd say what differentiates us is obviously the fact we've got the half a million ounces to really limit the downside. Um, you know, worst comes to worst, we'll start, we'll start digging that out of the ground and sticking out of the ground. Um, se- second um, point is that we've got an amazing um, shareholder base. Uh, our, our major shareholders are backing us for additional acquisitions. We've spoken to our major shareholders that they're there to write $20, $30 million checks. And, and a lot of, not a lot of juniors can say that. Uh, and that's partially due to the fact that we're backed by the inventor group, uh, Craig, Mike, uh, and, and the team. And they've got a you know, great track record of success. My team's got a great track record of discovery and, you know, paired up, we think we've got the access to capital and the access to the projects. So, uh, you know, we've, We've spent a lot of time over a year on a couple of um, the shortlist projects that we're going for and, and we're in the negotiation phase and just working out win-win deal structures. We've got um, Keith Peck uh, advising uh, us regarding deal structures. Uh, Keith was an advisor to Skeena and obviously Walter Coles and Craig um, are on our board as well. And Skeena is my role model company and that what they've achieved is sensational and they've basically had a a similar roll-up strategy using uh, a major's non-core assets, you know, Barrick in that instance. And we've got a very similar strategy here. You've got a similar strategy, but have you, have you got the access? Yeah, well, we've, we've done a deal with Newmont for the first project, which is, I think, one of their first divestments for a very long time. So I but hope what, so. But what about the rest? Because you, you, you threw away a line there and said, obviously, if, if, if uh, you know, we can get after this half million ads now, right? But the, the relative of doing that economically, it, it, it's, it's going to be tough, right? So what you need to do is a roll-up exercise. You need to deliver on that, but there's a lot of competition out there. There's also some people who will overpay, which means that to win, you'd have to overpay. So it, it's, a, it's a tough tough kind of um, environment out there. So are you close to getting the next one over the line? Uh, I'd say uh, the, the goal is certainly this year. It won't be next week, but this year I think is realistic. Uh, we're certainly talking about, you know, what, what that looks like because our challenge is our market cap. You know, how do we get another $2 million ounce project when we have a $30 million market cap? So we're playing around with cash shares, you know, milestone payments, and you know, just working back and forth um, with, with a couple of different companies to see how that works and how that marriage works because, again, Skinner was a fantastic example of a beautiful marriage where both companies, I think, have, have done very well out of uh, SK Creek's um, success and if we can do a, a similar similar deal structure on some of these assets, I think it could be win win for the divestment partner and also for uh, for us taking the project on to add those ounces. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to have to be something interesting like that because I know you've got people want, willing to write twenty thirty million dollar checks, but that, at thirty million market yeah, cap, that doesn't work for anyone, right? Okay. Exactly. Okay, so if something may happen later this year, is it a case of because you spotted? some targets, not necessarily because you're in advanced discussion. You're hoping something like that would happen quickly. Um, it's it's going to come down to a combo of the deal structure, um, our market cap as well, and the gold market. Um, so we, we, we've got the assets, we've got the relationships with these parties, and now it's just working out which which of the assets will be the first to come into the fold because we obviously can't bring in the three, three or four assets right now. It'll be one asset uh, most likely this year uh, and then deciding which one of those makes the most sense and you know it's just not a it's not a technical decision um, based on geology alone the environmental aspects plays a massive role in our decision making and um, Biden administration um, is you know also got a spotlight on on minerals and um, on critical minerals but and there, there's going to be positives and negatives that come out of that um, but 
I think um, in our due diligence criteria, another thing that separates us from, from the pack uh, of gold explorers is our emphasis on that. And um, a lot of projects, a lot more than a handful, have met our geological criteria, but um, most have failed due to the environmental and permitting aspects. Yes, it's an interesting times with uh, with Biden. Um, um, you know, some of the statements coming out of there about critical minerals are great, but not necessarily for non-critical uh, minerals. I mean, what, what's what's your alloc in gold? Uh, I'm a gold bull. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I, I'm I'm bullish on gold. I mean, I think with five percent inflation, it just um, it's defying logic right now, and uh, I'm surprised it's not already at two thousand dollars. So. Um, I, I think inflation and gold, you know, they have to come together um, at some point. Uh, and uh, even at the current price of gold, all the assets that we're looking at make a lot of sense. Um, so I'm, I'm a little perplexed why gold is not even stronger than it is currently. But I, I'm not an economist. I'm a geologist. And, um, you know, right now we are going to build those ounces. And I think it's a safe bet, you know, looking over the next couple of years. But what do your finance people say when you when you when you talk, when you're talking to those guys? Because you know, inflation. That statement from the Fed about inflation is probably going to be a little bit more than they they realized. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're the only ones that didn't realize. Um, you know, and typically, you know, people talk about gold as a safe haven, etc. We saw wonderful stuff, but the gold market seems a little bit wobbly at the moment. It doesn't seem to know where to go. Is it what's it mm-hmm. looking for? Do you think? I was speaking to one of my shareholders yesterday and they attribute that to the central bank playing games. And again, it's, it's um, a little, a little complex um, for me to, you know, correlate why gold isn't tracking um, with rising inflation and um, interest rates at the moment. Like the, the reaction of gold yesterday, uh, I thought it had the opposite reaction. I thought it'd be hundred over rather than hundred under. Um, so it, it is interesting. And then we've got um, you know, the cryptos in the mix as well, but, Again, uh, I'm going to back uh, a, a currency that's been around for a few thousand years and a few years, uh, and I think most of our shareholder base are on the same page there. They um, they see this as a blip and a buying opportunity. Okay, so given this is a sort of downloading exercise from you to, to me, so I could you know, introduce the story. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued by anything by the Inventor Group, quite frankly. Um, you've raised 13 million. You spent a bit of money. How much you've got left? What's that going to do for you by the end of this year? We've got three million um, cash in the bank, and that is um, going to be deployed for that additional 5,000 meters drilling at Sandman. And we're also going to do um, a couple of reconnaissance holes at our big boards project to test for another board mountain style um, target for a geophysical anomaly. Brilliant. Okay, stay in touch with us. Let us know how you get on. I'm sort of intrigued because of the quality of the team and and the backing, the financial backing, the ability to go and get capital. I'm intrigued to see what you do with this. I'm more intrigued to see what you do with the M&A component. I think there are deals to be done out there. I think there will be a lot more M&A, some stranded projects and and, and companies out there. So um, thank you very much for today. Yeah, my pleasure. It was nice to meet you. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.